Welcome to The Conspiracy of Light, a podcast about the why of Babylon 5. I don't know if this is the why, but my name is Woody <laughs> Harris. I'm joined by Josue Cardona. Hello. Hello. I also care about the why. Yeah, I, I, I think I care about the why. It's just, it's hard to know what that, that that's a really big answer, you know? The mm-hmm. why of Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, there's five seasons to explain that answer. <laughs> Speaking of answers, we finally got some answers today. Sort of. We're, I feel like we're getting closer to answers. Are you in my head? You're yeah. in my head. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I, I think that uh, uh, we we unveiled just a little bit of a very dark space in uh, in your questioning, actually, Josue. Yeah, I mean, since the pilot, there have been, like, they're just waving in our face that there's this gap in Sinclair's memory. There is a hole in your mind. There's a hole in your mind. And they're finally peeling back the layers a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end, they laid it on real thick. They did. (laughs) I was like, I get it. It's the Great Council. That's got to be the Len. But then they confirmed it later on just in case you didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) They just wanted to make sure you absolutely knew. That's the Len. Yep. They're all dressed in gray. It's a council. It's the Great Council. I thought it was kind of weird that she seemed to have kind of this premonition that something was going on, even though she had no reason to know that. Mm-hmm. She just knew her friend was was missing. She didn't actually know what was happening. Yeah. But she seemed, like you look at her facial expressions and the way she's wandering around, the way she's approaching things, it seemed like she knew more what was going on than you would expect someone who was outside of the whole thing to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made me think about what kind of connection they have or or what did they do to Sinclair that would allow the Len to have such a connection. It's like, yeah, there's that hole in his mind. Are they monitoring it? Did she know that it was uncovering something? And, I mean, that just adds new layers onto the mystery. I, I think it was they drugged him up. Uh, the two of them made love. And uh, she's carrying his love child. You think so? You think so? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... That would be way outside of Babylon 5's scope, I think. I think yeah, so far, uh, yeah, I think that, that doesn't that's fit. That's not a sort of Straczynski thing to play with. That's no, not, no. not going to happen. <laughs> Maybe she has the chunk of brain that they took from him. <laughs> and she's connected to him. Oh, I'd love it. It's somewhere. It's just somewhere in her in her quarters. It's just sitting there on a shelf, and he's walked past it several times. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. What's that? Oh, that's a Membari artifact. It's nothing hmm. for you to worry about. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that either. But uh, <laughs> but no. definitely, there was some sort of connection there. There was something about the way she looked at him, as if she recognized him. But I think the more I think about it. Obviously, Sinclair is important, like super, super important. Yeah. Why else would... I mean, now we know that everybody else was killed around him. We knew he was the only survivor of that that part of the battle. But now, like, we saw it happen. We saw them take him. And Mm -hmm. we know that the Great Council is a big deal. It seems to be the highest, um, uh, like... uh, case or or like a yeah, ruling, ruling body. body like the highest level of royalty or, or, yeah. or government and they were all on that ship which is which is like well, what kind of ship is that <laughs> why would that be there he was surprised to see the ship um but again he's he's very important and i've always had the impression that delen is there kind of undercover just to keep tabs on him so i think she's always watching out for him this plays into a lot of that, actually, you know, the, the idea that she is watching out for him. I like that idea. I, I hadn't really thought about that so yeah, much until now. Maybe she didn't know exactly what was going on, but she was very concerned. Like, it, it could have been any situation, and she would have tried to intervene to make sure that he was okay because he's very important for some reason. I don't know if it's specifically for the Mimbari. I don't know. Like, I it could go in you know, so many different directions. I, I have no idea at this point. But he's definitely important, and she's there to watch him. That's the impression I have, and this reinforced yeah. that tremendously. So the question to you then is, is she there to watch him for some more covert reason, or is she there to watch him because she cares for him? I think both. I think it's her job to be there, but based on their interactions— it seems to me like she does care for him. 
Yeah. Okay. They made me do it at first, but then I fell in love with you. One of those things. (laughs) (laughs) But they're friends. Okay. I don't don't think. It's it's platonic. Yeah. It does seem like there's a there's a relationship of care between them, and I think she portrays that really well. Uh, Mira Furlan, you know, for being in all this headgear, she does seem to do a really good job of bringing the the sort of uh, emotion to a presence underneath all that, which I'm impressed with her for that. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I think uh, Mira Furlan overacts, especially in this first season. But, but sometimes you get her just the right way, yeah. and it's perfect. I mean, there is like this gravitas, right, to her, to her royal highnessness of of her, of her being. Yeah, um, she is a Mimbari, and they're you know supposed to be this exotic alien race that's kind of snooty, right? Like <laughs> above. It does yeah. seem a little bit snooty, like they're above everyone, and of course. I like that you point out that that ship because that ship. I mean, he's used to doing these ship to ship fights, and then this big monster Membari cruiser thing, it's whatever a trap, it is, he said. shows up, and he's like, "What the heck? <laughs> yeah, what is yeah. that?" And this thing's just destroying everybody around it, basically. So it's like a, it's it's a completely dead battle at that point, and he decides, "Okay, I'm gonna ram into it. I'm gonna. This is gonna be the way you're gonna you're gonna take yeah. me without a fight." Like one of the 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 biggest questions I have now. Is like before I don't know. We, we they just alluded to what happened. Maybe he was the the last survivor. You know, maybe it was coincidence. But no, like now I want to know: mm-hmm. did, was he important before that battle, or did he become important at that battle? And from what we saw, yeah, from what we saw, it seems like like he was picked. You know, he was selected for for a purpose because it. I don't know. Like. Unless they only, unless they knew because of the formation that he was the leader, and they wanted the leader, but he also like he, he was just. I guess that's easy to to do yeah. to pick out a leader in a formation. Yeah. He's but he was a squad leader. He wasn't important in terms of the the overall military either. So well, no, but he was career military, right? That like that guy was saying. They called the guy Knight Two, by the way. Uh, like Knight Two was <laughs> yeah. saying. Uh, he was career military. His family was career military, and here we we had someone who was going to make admiral, most likely. But he, but and he wasn't though. After the Battle of the Line, but he wasn't. You know, he was he was right a squad leader at that moment. So, I mean, it could have been at any other moment. It could have been another squad with another leader, or you could have gone higher up the chain on a bigger ship and gotten somebody who was, you know, a higher rank. But they didn't. So. So it it seems to me like he mattered before, but I but I, but then I have no idea why. Like the fact that he comes from you know generations of Earth Force military doesn't necessarily tell me that he's you know super special. There's thousands of people who have that true, same story. True. There's lots of people who have that same background. Yeah. Let's also think about the, what we know about Sinclair up to this point. We know that he's kind of got a kind of. Um, a past or something that that is checkered like a lot of people have pointed it out you know and he, he kind of collects these misfits around him you could say garibaldi was a misfit to an extent you could say ivanova was a, mm-hmm. a misfit to an extent because they're they've got these backstories that seem to have kind of tragic touches and he seems to be in the midst of it all um he kind of brought them together and created kind of this ragtag group but uh and then we add that to career military there's there's some kind of uh it's a weird combination because military obviously is very strenuous. You you focused, you're you're regimented, you're you're kind of OCD in a sense, and then you have uh then you have his background which seems kind of more cryptic and you, you mix that with those you mix those two together and you've got something going on, right? There seems like there have to be. Well, I don't know. I feel like like when we met uh his his longtime girlfriend who was on and yeah. off over the years. Catherine? Yeah, yeah, like Catherine. you know, their relationship seems normal, unless every time they broke up, he was off doing something special, you know, something unique, <laughs> you know, that, that we'll find right. out about later. But uh, I don't know, like I don't get the impression that he is, you know, it's so weird that I, I've heard people talk for twenty five years now about the similarities <laughs> between Deep Space Nine and Babylon Five, and I can't right. help but think of 
uh, you know, the emissary, <laughs> right? In, in, oh, yeah, in Deep yeah. Space Nine, where he's this normal person, but other people, these aliens, think that he's super important and he's very special. And he doesn't, he doesn't believe that. He doesn't think that. And right, that's true. Cisco had no, no idea that or no belief in it. You know, he kind of used it to his advantage later yeah, on. But. but there was this prophecy for thousands of years that the emissary would come, right. and it was him. And but he was just a normal guy, <laughs> you know. And I, I can't help but think about that because yeah, there there are more gaps in in terms of uh, Sinclair, but mm-hmm. I don't know. But but I I do really appreciate the 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 spy moviness of it all you know yeah Where, like you see that he remembers right before he tells Delin, no i don't remember anything and we've had a similar scene play out between them and between one of them and jakar and and just all of them right like they're all constantly hiding things from each other and even the way the episode ended where he's just it's not even part yeah, of the log He wasn't going to be honest with the Lynn. The what? He wasn't going to be honest with the Lynn. Well, yeah, like he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't honest with her. Um, he he's hiding that that from her, because I was like, he he. She's in that vision, right? She she knows more about him than she's letting on. Although she's obviously alluded to it before, but so he he's not trusting her. He doesn't know who to trust. But at the end, when he's doing that log, like he's not doing the log anymore. When he's saying. You know, I'm gonna find out what happened. I have to. I have to. It's like he's telling himself, like this is, I don't know. Like we know that it's affected him that he has this, like, episode of dissociative amnesia, this gap in his in his memory, and like now he knows it's. I, I guess he's always thought that maybe it wasn't. Well, I don't know. Now he definitely knows somebody did this to him. Yeah. Now he's he's he's. He's yeah. peeked into this dark space now, and he's like, "Oh, this isn't just uh, you know. I, I can recount this 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 gap in my memory somehow, and and maybe it's traumatic, and maybe that's the reason that it's happening. But yeah, it was a uh, it was an eye opening experience for him. I think. I think he had just kind of well. There was that one moment with the other Mimbari who was dying, who said, "There is a hole in your mind." That moment was one that kind of made him question. And now here we are back again, and, and this this guy, Night 2, is raising the question again um, in a more pointed way. Which, and, and someone pointed this out on the Lurker's Guide, and so I have to ask the question, maybe just for our discussion point, is why in the world are they using this this crazy set of technology when they could have gotten someone from Psychor to do this? So there was this... Yes, that's, a, that's an excellent question. Hmm. Unless Psychor is just like unless it, I mean, it would be just as illegal, right? You're you're still doing something illegal, according to, according to our mores, but probably according to Earth Force mores, it, it's illegal to go and probe somebody's mind. All right, come into my conspiracy theory room for a second. Okay. Right. There's a moment okay, where Garibaldi is reading a newspaper. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. An old-fashioned paper newspaper, and he is. Uh, the, the, the camera just stays on this one headline, right? Which says that Psychor, uh, like, did Psychor cross a line by endorsing the vice president? And did Psychor did Psychor violate its charter by endorsing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's like, hmm. Okay, so we already know that Psychor is on Earth, infiltrating the government and manipulating people to do stuff. And yes. supposedly, night one and night two. I can't believe Night Two is the one who like was like the one doing all the stuff. It should have been backwards. It's just the way the script worked. Judson Scott was Night One, and, <laughs> and this other guy was Night yeah. Two. So Night Two tells him, or, or actually, it's it's Garibaldi, right? That says, "Oh yeah, he's apparently part of this organization that is trying to do stuff on Earth." Blah blah blah. Right? It's like they're right. When they mentioned that, it reminded me of what we've heard about regarding Psychor. So is it the same organization? Is this device something that only a member of Psychor could do? Like were they psychics? Is it is it it's not just virtual reality, it's like a special device that allows people to really go deep in there. And hmm. and how much do they the- know that they would require 
like, why didn't they just send two people in to beat him up and ask him? You know, uh, right. Well, I mean, he's convinced. I mean, they know that he's convinced that he didn't like they know that there's this space in his mind that he doesn't even believe exists. But I don't know. Night two seems to get this idea that I mean, he gets all this this conspiracy stuff going on in his head about, you know, the possibility that that uh, Sinclair is just a, um, a stand in for Mimbari at this point, like he's taking in information um, and you get that same old kind of thing that we got from the uh, who was the previous group the not the Earth no Earth First or Earth uh, oh uh, right 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 I forgot the can't name. remember them yeah. now uh, but that group that's like kind of speciesist that's yeah. uh, you know about you know Earth First basically yeah um, and he starts you know there's there's immigrants taking over the Earth they're t- they're buying land they're they're in our they're in our they're in Babylon Five they're everywhere now. So he's got this idea that somehow Sinclair is all mixed up in that, but he, I guess he thinks he's a sleeper agent at this point. Hmm. Yeah, that's what they accused him of, of, of this huge Minbari conspiracy to take over Earth through, you know, the the economy and through real estate and through culture, and they're taking over, and it's because of people like you. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, something like that may be going on. But definitely, like we know, Sinclair isn't a part of that. At least that would be a twist. <laughs> but I don't know. A lot of, um, a lot of, like I said, the the spy movie aspect. This this falls into that. <laughs> there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah. of conspiracy. There's a lot of uh, covert stuff happening. These shadow organizations working behind the scenes, and we only get a peek at them when one of them pops into Babylon 5 and crosses paths with Sinclair. <laughs> so JMS kept trying to find ways to get Patrick McGowan into the show, and he was supposed to be night two. Hmm. Uh, but it didn't work out. He had other other commitments, unfortunately. Um, but he, I, I could see him playing that role. If you've seen The Prisoner, which I think you've seen at least one episode now, yeah. I could see him very well doing the role of night two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He fits He fits that profile. By the way, the uh, Universe Today headlines, that's the paper Universe Today, mm-hmm. were completely cataloged by Synfastique, uh, Fantastique, however you pronounce that, April 1994. Hmm. Um, so do you want to hear some of the headlines? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. So sports, zero-G tennis results inside. That's kind of a simple thing. The next one, is there something living in hyperspace? The next one. Home guard leader can home guard. That was the group home guard. Home guard leader convicted. Jacob Lester found guilty in attack on Mimbari embassy. Hmm. Narn settled Rogish three controversy. They did. Interesting. That it is just a headline. Yeah. Uh, EA president. I guess that's Earth Alliance president promises balanced budget by twenty two sixty. Psychor we talked about. San Diego still considered too radioactive for occupancy. Oh snap. <laughs> It says a new study published by Earth Force Nuclear Regulatory Office declares San Diego struck by the American state's first act of nuclear terrorism over 100 years ago, still uninhabitable for the next 300 years. The Civil War happened. Yeah. So Special section, pros and cons of interspecies mating. (laughs) (laughs) Copyright trial continues in book zap flap. Books downloaded directly into your brain. Who owns them? (laughs) <laughs> who does own I love them? that <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I guess it's not much different than what we have to deal with in, in with digital books these days because at the time that this came out digital books weren't a thing yeah no but it that's an interesting question it's in my brain now what are you gonna do about it is it mine or is it yours <sighs> there is a repeat is there something living in hyperspace Ooh. maybe that's it maybe it's like you know in the newspaper it's like continued on page b13 yeah it could be yeah um new binary star discovered Interesting. And then it goes through Inside Universe Today, and it has the classifieds, the crossword, the editorial opinions, the lotteries, the horoscope, and the hollow comics. So, so wait a minute. So now, <laughs> now I'm convinced that this was not observable from the episode. It No, I, I think that's all on that first page, and they just stopped it, and they highlighted it, and they got everything out really? of it. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Very cool. Very, very cool. So, So they've cataloged multiple issues of the newspaper? 
Well, they've cataloged this, this issue. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant earlier that like there were multiple issues and they were all cataloged in '94. Okay, but it was this particular one, everything that was shown. That's interesting. Right. That's and, really cool. And, yeah. You know, I was just looking at the Lurker's Guide, which I. You know, I, I've mentioned this place to you before, and I'd almost suggest that you don't visit it just because there's so many spoilers in there. <laughs> I've gone in and read some of the first posts when... Okay. Actually, I'm not even sure if it's the Lurkers guy. Is it? It's the it's the forum where JMS started posting, and I started reading some of the posts from before he even uh-huh. uh, started the show where he was just talking about it. And then yeah. as it started getting to production, and, and I read a few things about... Uh, some of the characters later on and, and things, but I've, I've tried to stay as spoiler-free as possible. No. It's not easy to do on a show that's 25 years old, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, good job for you. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all right so far. Yeah, I mean, I should stay away from that site probably, but it's interesting as I'm watching the episodes to see what he's saying about them. That's that's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. It, it, it's, you know, it's, it's great going back and reading all this stuff as I watch it because it kind of gives me more flavor to what I'm watching than I had before. Yeah, um, but I loved seeing that that uh, universe today broken apart. That was wonderful because I I wanted to stop it, but I was also in the midst of the episode, so I'm like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it going. But I didn't even look to see the time, so I could go back and kind of still shot it or anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, um, you were you were on vacation recently, and while you were away, I sent you an article about the 25th anniversary of Babylon Five, and that article mentioned a whole bunch of things from I think it was, it must have been a panel at some convention. And JMS mentioned some things that he said he never talked about before. And so the article that I read uh, talked about those things and other things that not necessarily happened on the show uh, that are... There were more things like that happened uh, behind the scenes. And so there were links to a few of those forum posts. So that's when I started reading. But they were all in reference to kind of, yeah, behind the scenes stuff. It wasn't really plot or or any spoilers i'll talk about those things as they as they happen in future seasons because yeah it's, it's really interesting yeah i i don't actually i apologize i don't actually remember getting that but i would love to read whatever it was so i'll have to look for it and see where you where, did you send it to me through it's on slack on slack yeah, okay. i'll resend All it right. though i'll look for it yeah. okay so there, there's kind of even though it kind of intertwines, there's two stories going on. There's first, this, there's a story about Sinclair. They're trying to get into his mind. It intertwines in the sense that this shady character is a member of the military, or I guess security force there on Babylon 5, and he has a bad gambling debt, and he's trying to pay it off, and he ends up you know, giving these people the power source that they need in order to do the work that they're trying to do with Sinclair. Um. But that's that's kind of interesting in itself because I, I I was paying attention to what's going on with uh, kind of the military role and so basically if you're in the military, um, you're not allowed to gamble during your on duty hours and during your off duty hours you can only gamble up to fifty credits. That was really interesting too. I mean I worked for the army and I traveled with active duty people for years. And yeah. I don't remember any rules like that. I don't know what they are. But it almost makes sense, it, you mm-hmm. know, because it might compromise your security. It make it makes some sense. But I I was in the Air Force. Nobody ever, you know, I wasn't deep in the Air Force. I didn't last for a long time. But I I don't think I ever came across anything where people were saying, you can only do this or you can only do that. There wasn't a lot of government over me except for the fact that I could I had to stay at the base. I could I couldn't leave the base except for times that I had allowed to leave the base. I'm gonna I had to be at duty stations when I had to be at duty stations. You know, mm. yeah. I'm going to ignore the fact that I, I didn't know this about you and, and ask, you, ask you about it later. Uh, but but there are, um, like, as a, as a federal employee, and, and we hear about this on the news now, too, there are, like, they do background checks. And one of the things that you can't have is debt, and it's for that same reason. Like, how can you be trusted with, for, with, for a security clearance, for example, yeah. if you have all this debt and, and you are deemed uh, vulnerable, you know, to to what are the words uh bribery and other things like that to manipulation yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and and yeah no yeah that's no joke <laughs> that's not true those background tests are, are serious and yeah if you've had bankruptcy or you owe a lot of money those are red flags and they you can even lose your clearance if that happens while you're on the job so that's a parallel 
it makes sense. I just never even thought about it, actually. Yeah. You know, it's just like Sinclair being taken by the Membari ship. Once he was taken by the Membari ship, now he's, as far as Earth Force is concerned, he's compromised now. He can no longer hold a really strong uh, military leadership position anymore. They give him Babylon 5, but... and, and you can argue that Babylon 5 is a really important position. It is. But it's not... He was he was a warrior. Yeah, I, I, and, I don't know. I mean, I see it as him being a prisoner of war. And just because you're a POW doesn't mean you can't come back and, and continue uh, to that's serve. That's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know if John McCain had faced any problems with clearance just because he was a POW. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that happens. And in this case, it was 24 hours, <laughs> right? And if anything, yeah. again, no, it is completely possible that they've messed with him in a way that he's some sort of Manchurian candidate and they'll activate <laughs> him at some point. But for now, all we know is that they took something from him and we don't know what that is. And that he's yeah. at the center of them uh, surrendering <laughs> in, the, in, in the war when there was no way they could lose. Oh man, that's, all that is so interesting. I was so excited in this episode because we we're finally getting answers. Ultimately, we just got I know more I was questions. sitting there watching. I was like, "Oh, Josue's going to be so happy." <laughs> I mean, ultimately, there's more questions, uh, but but at least I'm so glad that it, this is not one of those things that they were like they've been teasing this since the pilot. So so to to finally get some information. I mean, this is episode eight of the series, right? Not counting the pilot. So. That's still a long time, but at least it wasn't the season finale, you know, where they where you finally get some information. I'm hoping that there's some, you know, some more uh, uh, demystifying <laughs> as we as we continue. And I, I have the feeling that we will. Yeah, I I think I think I've said this. You know, Babylon Five's a striptease. Um, <laughs> Well, luckily, it's only five episodes, and I mean, luckily, it's only five seasons and a hundred episodes. So, you know, yeah. So you you <laughs> might be seeing the earlobe now aye, aye, aye. <laughs> of the striptease. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, again, we saw something, but it these are things that I kind of, I don't know, I haven't had enough time to process it, but I'm I'm definitely sure. ready for the next episode because. So something that that I hadn't noticed before, but I I, I kind of learned about by reading the Lurker's Guide was uh, the fact that even though um, there was a search going on for Sinclair, Ivanova took very little part in it. Hmm. Did you notice that? Well, her role isn't security, for example. Sure, that's true. And she was like the one time we saw her out and about. Delenn found her and said, can I do anything? And she said, you know, we're doing everything we can. And yeah, I don't know, okay. she didn't look like, you know, she didn't have a flashlight and wasn't like looking through vents <laughs> or anything, but she was, she was walking the halls at least. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hadn't really even thought that she was, there was any reason to pay attention to her lack or of, or, you know, for me, it was just, everybody was looking yeah. and I didn't have any reason to believe otherwise. Also, there was that um, comment that she made to Garibaldi where he said, you know, like check, a, check around the, Check the, ship the ship for the for just in case of the body. <laughs> for the body. Yeah, and she said, you know, I'm so glad that my brain doesn't work the way yours does. Uh, and yeah. I'm so glad I don't have to think of those questions. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible question to have to ask. Yeah, yeah. So she, you know, maybe maybe she's she wasn't that concerned, which is possible. Maybe that, yeah. I guess that's possible. Yeah. Like my mom, when I was a kid, like. I sliced the tip of my finger off and she was so cool. She was like, I got to finish my coffee first and then we'll go to the hospital. You know, it's like, <laughs> I know she loved me. She just didn't freak was out. Was that calculated? Was that like to show you that this is not a big deal? We can take care of this. Or was that like, have you ever talked to her and said, were you freaking out? Even though you were acting calm and cool, were you freaking out? Uh, I think she, cause to be honest, as a father, I'd be freaking out. Well, my father was freaking out. Yeah. And, uh, but my mom was way more, cool about it she was like you know we'll we'll go actually I, I remember when i was much older i broke my arm and she she had a friend from work that she had promised uh, she was going to take her to her house so i rode in the back of this car for like two hours before she took me to the hospital to get my arm checked <laughs> she was just like not phased by it she's at just all. nonchalant yeah 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 trust me my mom my mom loves me but i think her 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 reasoning 
And I'm going to think that Ivanova is the same way. <laughs> it's like, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't help to freak out right now. Like it's, yeah. let me do my I, job. I think that's let a me, fair thing to say about Ivanova. Yeah, she seems pretty, you know, she seems really level-headed and cool. And if there, if there was a crisis, I, I wouldn't mind her being in charge. Yeah. I mean, she does, you know, she does kind of promote that earlier on saying, you know, I'm Russian and we, we, <laughs> We have a certain expectancy for <laughs> bad things to happen, and we just kind of handle it with some kind of coolness. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's where she's coming from. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, she didn't seem suspicious to me at all. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't have any reason to believe either the first time or second time or third time I watched it, but um, it's interesting. People that, brought that, that up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I, it, it's interesting what people see inside something that I don't see. And that's one of the beauties of looking at other people's information, you know, how they react to a particular thing. I mean, even that's why we do the podcast is because maybe we see something somebody else doesn't see or bring a new light to something. Or like you guys pointed out in your one of your most recent episodes of uh, Geek Therapy Radio, maybe we just need somebody to talk it over with. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so then we have the chance and that that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, there was one more thing in the episode, just like yeah. an offhand comment, which was when somebody did ask... Like why, why don't we have Psychor, uh, on this looking for her, for for him for Sinclair, and Garibaldi said, "Oh, she's just a level five, like she's she's no help to us." Yeah, they're talking about Talia. Yeah, yeah. but and she's just a level five. She can't help us in this. But she's not anymore. Remember, she leveled up a few a few episodes ago. Oh, because of Jason Ironheart. Uh-huh. Remember, she can move pennies now. And she's been practicing. That's true. We don't know her rating yeah. now, and we haven't seen her since that yep. time. Yep, she hasn't shown up. So Good it was funny point. that they mentioned that, kind of just telling us, like, oh, nobody knows that she's more powerful now. Wink, wink. Like, what does that mean? Oh, what are we going to yeah. do, you know? What, okay. What, where's Talia? Yeah. Like, what's she, what's she doing? So it'll be interesting. Well, you notice we didn't future. see a lot of characters on the show. This was a this is an Earth an Earth episode, basically. Like, uh, we're going to find out about Sinclair and a little bit about Delenn, but mostly this was all about Sinclair. Yeah, it's so funny to think about these ensemble casts and, and knowing now that uh, that Babylon 5 had such a small budget. I can't take that out of my, my mind as I'm watching the episodes because mm-hmm. I know that they're doing so many things for for budget reasons like they just can't afford to pay every actor to be on every episode you know like right they're right. and and I've, I've read about this and you know it's the reason why they went with cg like they couldn't afford to make models you know and make everything look better they they had to like the computer i used to think that the cgi was like oh it's the 90s we're gonna be really cool when we do cgi no they knew that it didn't look as good as models they just couldn't afford yeah. to do the model work so so that was a compromise. So there, there's so many things in the show that are that are compromises, and and sometimes those moments, like where's Talia and everybody else, <laughs> right? Where are right. they? It's like this episode they saved a lot of money because half the time there was nobody else. Even even during the shootout, there were maybe three people in the plaza, like in the in the main corridor. Oh yeah, that's true. They yeah. did have a lot of extras even because yeah. he had a clean shot at the other guy. That place is usually full of people, and yeah. yeah. That's true. So I mean, it, I'm I'm trying to not think about that as I'm watching the show, but uh, but I don't know. It it also adds something to it. It's like I admire so many of the things that they do because they were constrained, and it's still yeah so good and so engaging. Yeah, it gives you the sense of what they had to do in order to make it work. You know, I think I think Straczynski had said, you know, the the budget for one episode of Next Gen was about the same as his budget for the entire season. Yeah of Babylon 5. Maybe even it was less than that that he had for Babylon 5. So did some amazing things given the small amount of money he had and um, managed to do some interesting things, even camera work-wise in this. And he talks a little bit about this in, in his uh, talk about you know what he did. The camera work that was done in this episode uh, was done in ways to blur out some images in order to focus more on Sinclair. I thought that was fascinating to, to read about that. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of repetition. Like they repeated the memory over and over again, uh-huh. you know, and it was the same footage. You know, they, they you do that over and over again. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's something you do in animation a lot, where you just reuse the same cells over and over again to to save money. And 
I don't know the the whole like one episode of TNG, uh, like, the one one episode of Babylon is cost the same as one season. I don't I don't I haven't re- read that exactly, but it was still like hundreds of thousands of dollars less per episode that they were yeah. that you would have for that type of show, and that's huge. That is so huge. Like even once you have the whole cast set up. They're still like again. You have to pay them too, but like there's all of these other things, and they had to be so creative with how they use the spaces and like those sets are pretty big, and so but but they're also so limited, you know, and they can only use mm-hmm. one at a time. They mentioned that casino. Have we seen a casino? I don't think we've seen a casino. Uh, haven't we seen uh, Garibaldi and um, Londo at the casino? Have we? I don't know. My good and dear friend, Mr. Garibaldi, he's right there at the at the table, uh, playing some kind of game. It looks oh, more like you're right. To you're me. right. You're right. You're right. We have seen the casino. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh. Again, like the, we, the, we've seen we've seen the Zocalo before, and they just didn't you know they just didn't take us to that space here. True. The true. other thing I noticed in the in the filming of it, and I I kind of comment, commented to myself, and I was thinking, you know what, this doesn't look like this is not from his perspective. This is a third person perspective most of the time. And then Straczynski actually covered that. He's like, yeah, we made it more like it's him, him trying to remember and having, you know, a forced memory of a, a third-person perspective rather than being the first-person perspective you would get if you were just looking out of Jeffrey Sinclair's eyes when he's in this kind of uh, trance state or whatever it is they're doing to get through his head. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Hmm. I think about it more and more now. I think about it when I watch films that, like, there's a camera in the room. <laughs> There's a camera somewhere in the room. Somebody is doing this, <laughs> and what is the camera doing? I I, I think it's a you know it's it's obviously a, a kind of a an awareness of filmmaking, which I don't have much of a filmmaking background, but I've started to have to posit that there's someone there, yeah. and it changes my perception of what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you watch a, I forget what they call, what they call them. It's a some number of camera sitcoms which are the ones that are uh-huh. like recorded in front of the studio like a audience two camera sitcom or something like that uh, a, a what two camera sitcom or two yeah something like that yeah two, it's some number yeah. of camera sitcoms and those are the ones recorded in front of a studio audience and it's so funny uh-huh. that like it's once you start thinking about that everything is so unnatural the way that the tables are set up the way that the chairs look at each other the way that everybody is always looking just like a stage play you know that type of thing where you have to do things in a way that, that you can't turn your back to the audience, right? <laughs> and, and there's no camera on the other side. Uh, I try not to think about that stuff. It, it takes me out of the experience. But it, that, yeah. that's funny. I didn't think of, I didn't, I didn't think much of it. Uh, I guess I still don't. Well, you know, we don't think about it in dreams. In dreams, we see ourselves in a third-person perspective on a regular basis. Uh, sometimes, yeah. And I'll bet you have memories of yourself, and you're looking at yourself rather than remembering it from your eyes. Sometimes, yes, yes. So those are constructed memories, and we know that. But it, so it makes sense. I just hadn't even put together that, that would even make sense yeah. for the TV show. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, why aren't they doing it through Sinclair's eyes? How do we know this is not a fabricated memory and this kind of thing? <laughs> uh, well, it is fabricated. It's fabricated by the person because we don't have really great memories in the first place. So yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oof. Can't trust anybody, um, even yourself. Just a, a side <laughs> trip, just for a moment, because you mentioned. Um, the the sitcoms where you have live studio audience. There's a really great episode of an of a podcast called Code Switch, and they go in and they talk about the laugh box, and the making of the laugh box and how it was used for so many to to make it look like it's a live studio audience, but you always have laughter in the background, and they did it for so many things, and it's the same laughter that we hear in Scooby Doo as it might be that we hear in Three's Company. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the same laugh track. That's crazy. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh, I know. And there's a box for that. You just push a button and the box does whatever you want the box to do. But it, Oh, that's so funny. So so it's called a la- laugh box. Like like as as Yeah, a, it's called a laugh box. As a viewer, I've always called it a laugh track, right? Cuz I know it's playing at the right time. So but there was a device created just for what? it. What? So these people are acting. And you can even eliminate some laughter so that you can get smaller groups of laughter or larger groups of laughter. What? So, so, or you can just punctuate a dead silence with laughter that's just a little minor laughter. It's, it's fascinating. Huh. It's called Code Switch. It's the first episode they ever did. I haven't really liked anything else they did, but that one was fantastic. Hmm. That's really interesting. I, I, I like that podcast. I've listened to a few episodes. Um, 
but I, I haven't heard that one. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one to check out. I, I heard it because I listened to one called Twenty Two Thousand Hertz, which also is a fantastic podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they took the first episode of Code Switch and made it one of their Twenty Two Thousand Hertz episodes. So that's how I got to hear gotcha. it. Gotcha, gotcha. Huh. Okay, getting back to Babylon <laughs> Five. Um, there was a quote there that I really liked from Sinclair that I thought was worth talking about, um, and that is, "Everyone lies, Michael." The innocent lie because they don't want to be blamed for something they didn't do, and the guilty lie because they don't have any other choice. I thought I thought that was just worth, hmm. you know, we, we've had several podcasts lately where we've talked about this kind of moral gray ground and that kind of thing. Yeah. And the other thing to go along with this is that uh, in the notes again, Straczynski said, you know, just because someone's lying doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. <sighs> Well, I mean, if you apply that to the last interaction between Sinclair and Delenn. Uh-huh. That's where I was applying yeah. it. Yeah. That and Delenn not being honest with him. You know, no. it, it, she was talking to to uh, Stephen, and he says, well, where were you during the war? And she says, that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another one of those moments that there's been... So cryptic. There's been a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, but if... So he said if the good the innocent and the guilty right but at the end he's like he's not lying because he's innocent or guilty you know that i, I don't think that guilt or innocence plays into oh yeah i guess not yeah. i guess it's more i wonder why he didn't actually because they're supposed to have this close relationship and it's good that he didn't because you see that this other membari leader is there with her mm-hmm. saying if he ever finds out we've got to do something about it you know but she's got those power rings she would have taken care of him <laughs> That's I true. haven't forgotten that she's practically a superhero, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, but he's not. There's no innocence or guilt there, right? It's like, do you remember? No. I mean, he's obviously he's being super careful. Thank you, JMS, for yeah. showing us the the <laughs> the flashback. So there's no nuance whatsoever. Like we know that he remembers, and and he chooses to say no, and it's because he knows he can't trust her. There is that moment when he first sees her face, and it's like, I know you, I know you. And he's trying to yeah. process it, right? Because he's yeah. like, he's hopped up on psychotropic drugs and, and he's not thinking clearly. But once he realizes that it was her, he knows that she knows way more than he's telling, that she's telling him. And yeah, I think, again, the spy moviness of all of it is great because everybody yeah. is feeling each other out nobody knows who to trust nobody knows who can be trusted who's telling the truth and she's one of the most mysterious characters there because uh, ironically we know more about her than we know about most other people on the show but it's still like we don't know the the why of of delen we don't know why she's there we don't know why she's doing what she's doing and sinclair sure doesn't know and when he was saying, I have to find out, I have to, I was like, how, man? How? What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do exactly? Like It took two nights to come and like probe your brain <laughs> to help you remember even a little bit. Like, What are you going to do? There's He doesn't seem very um, powerful in the... In, in almost any sense, even even in the diplomatic sense, like that's going to be really interesting because it has been. This does this is absolutely a political drama. So the way he does that, I'm assuming, is he's going to play sides and he's going to make allegiances and he's going to start making deals and he's going to start, you know, doing things because I don't think I don't think he has any other choice. He doesn't really have anything else to fall back on. He's not going to. Yeah, that's true. He's not going to like that. You know kidnapped the len and and force her to tell him anything you know he's put her into the same situation that he was yeah in. yeah it's like once he finds out tali has a level 25 psychic it's like go probe the len <laughs> and then you know i i, I don't know there's there, there are a lot of moving pieces here but again my, my mind just the, the last thought of that episode as as it faded to black was what are you gonna do sinclair what can you do you probably feel very helpless because it's been 10 years and you've had that gap and it's been bothering you and now you have a little bit to go on but 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 where do you where do you go from here what would you do 
Well, I, everything I just said, probably. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you just play play the manipulation game and try to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You play diplomacy and you try to figure out how to move the characters around to get the information you're looking Basically, for. Basically, yeah. I mean, I um, I don't know. I feel like from what we've seen from their relationship with Sinclair and and Delenn, I think that they could eventually sit in the observatory area and have a heart to heart, and and he starts talking about how much he remembers and she she would probably open up because she doesn't seem again her her intentions don't seem malicious even when people have said like oh like you know you're from the great council and you know she's like don't worry about it you know you don't have to say that like you know i don't use that title here it's no big deal you know it wasn't like Say that again, and I'll kill you. <laughs> you know, she seems nice. She well, seems... It, it was it was that way for for someone who mentioned the Great Council to her. Was it the only one I remember is yeah, the person she who said, came? Don't to... ever mention that again. But as long as you're in my presence. Yeah, but the the way you're saying, I don't it... remember who she was. She was talking to. <laughs> it was it was some attaché that came to like assist her. Uh, it was a new yeah, young person, yeah. and it was like from you know from a very you know well known family or something. It was like, how do I refer to you? Your, he didn't say your highness or anything like that, but she was like, yeah, but, but the, the tone that you used isn't the tone that I remember her using. It was more like, don't, you know, don't, don't say that here. People don't need to know. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're missing something here. I think she's very clearly drawn that line. You will never mention the great council in my presence again. Something to that effect. Yes, but it wasn't like, or I'll cut your tongue out and I'll, you know, throw you out the airlock. I thought it was implied. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that information, I would not sit down and have a heart-to-heart with Delenn. <laughs> well, you know, they, they don't even show a therapist on the, on the station or even talk about therapy, at least not so far. And I would just say, okay, if I've got this gap, uh, I, I don't have any problems with going to hypnotherapy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You can dig down in my mind, you know. I'll help you go there if if you're willing to go there. But instead, we're gonna go. We're gonna do it in this kind of almost like roughshod way of of you know he's left with whatever resources he has right now, and he's not gonna think of he's not gonna think of hypnotherapy. Well, at at this point, not when you got a P five on the station. <laughs> up, up to this <laughs> point, I was along along for the ride with Sinclair thinking that there was a big battle and I was unconscious for the, for the last part of it, you know? Yeah. And now that, that is not a plausible explanation. And now he knows that. And, but he didn't before because again, I, I believed it like, yeah, like if something really bad happened and then, he wasn't awake for it. Like it was, it was a battle. Like it's not, I don't know. He could have been knocked out, you know, had a concussion, fell into yeah. a coma, like all these different things. But now we know that's not true. So, so I guess there is this new resolve, right? There is this new, definitely motivation, but I mean, he's definitely on a mission now that he wasn't on when he woke up that morning. When you uncover some piece of your past, and I, I'm saying this because I have a friend who discovered uh, that his, his supposed uh, birth father was not his birth father, mm-hmm. it just led him down this 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 uh, freakish wormhole of information that he he got really embroiled in to try to find the the answers. And so I, I think when we discover missing pieces of ourselves, yeah. I. Uh, you know, I, every time I go to therapy, I discover missing pieces of myself. But I think when we do, we we get caught up in this kind of quest for self thing. So I yeah. I can imagine that his his motivations are pretty strong, even if his his resources for those for those questions are really really small. Yeah. Again, like at the end, I felt uh, I was I was you know like yelling at the screen, "What are you gonna do?" But I I feel for him. You know, <laughs> like I I, yeah, exactly. I feel really bad because I don't know what he can do he's in he's in a pretty bad spot and that example of your friend who found out like oh man my, my, my father wasn't my father like yeah that's that's life changing information you can't set yeah. that aside what he just can't ignore yeah, it. what he just saw is huge and in in 
in the context of the show, it's not only huge for him, but it has like galactic ramifications. <laughs> yes, it does. He's in the middle of something now that he wasn't, he didn't know that he was actually in the middle of. And, and in that way. And now he is, and he, he knows he's been manipulated, and he knows that other people know. And, oh, yeah, no. I mean, okay, when the episode ended, I was like, oh, you know, we didn't really get a lot of information. But the more, the more I think about it, this is like <laughs> a fire that has been, you know, set and, and starts to move things or get things in motion that I'm really, really excited about. Yeah. Let's record tomorrow. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> We we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> I just like I try to watch um, the episode right before we record, so I don't. I do too. I watched it. I watched it last night, and I took notes, and I I sat there working on it just before uh, going to bed because I wanted it to be as fresh as possible. Yeah, because yeah, I'll I'll forget uh, the details, and I mean I I just saw it like an hour ago, and I'm still fudging up some of the some of the quotes. Human memory, it's garbage. Well, yeah, but also. <laughs> You wouldn't expect. I mean, I couldn't have remembered that quote from from Sinclair had and I had it written down uh, somewhere. Yeah. So uh, that that stuff. I mean, you're right. Human memory is is uh, human memory's crap. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's not good. That's why I can rewatch this and be like, oh, I didn't see that before, and I didn't see that before. It's almost new to me. <laughs> I, I've been joking uh, recently that old age. The great thing about old age is I can watch things I loved, and I still find great things to to love about it's it true. again. It's true. Um, you know, we just watched episode one, uh, Phantom Menace, and I was just aware of a lot of things that I wasn't aware of before. Yeah, yeah. You so forgot it, them. it's just fascinating to me. Even things, you know, where I definitely know the story, I definitely know the outcome, and yet I can see these really strange things going on. Yeah. Well, you forgot so, them. Or I yeah, forgot them. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I, I've kind of been playing with the notion that there, there are some things about the Jedi that aren't always wholesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely... That's always there. <laughs> uh, but it was much more obvious to me watching Phantom Menace how sometimes the Jed- Jedi are just like, they're not just tricksters. They are sometimes downright manipulative bastards. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, so yeah. it's just fascinating to yeah. me. Can't trust Yaddle. <laughs> you can't trust anybody. I don't think she's in episode one, but you know what I mean. <laughs> who, who is who is that, that oh, you're she's, talking she, about? Because I know you're you're purposely saying some obscure character that for some reason I don't know. Right oh, now. Yeah, Yaddle is uh, like a female Yoda. Oh no, she's in she's there. in there. Okay, okay, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least I think she's in there. Yeah, yeah. Some Yoda-like character yeah. is in there that doesn't speak a word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's Yaddle. <laughs> Can't trust her. I don't know. <laughs> last thing, last. I know I said this before, but last thing about this sure. episode, the title. Um, and the sky full of stars. stars. I went down this Google rabbit hole searching for stuff. Yeah. And mostly just came up with the Coldplay song, a sky full of stars. But, uh, it's actually a reference to something that Sinclair said in the gathering. Okay. And the full quote is, I can get it right now. It's on my phone. Let me see. But it was something I don't want to misquote it. Sure. Well, now I want to hear the Coldplay song. I, w- I was listening to it earlier, too. I went down a, a Coldplay rabbit hole afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it says, the, the episode title is derived from a line from Babylon 5's pilot, where Sinclair said, and the sky was full of stars, and every star was an exploding ship, one of ours. Oh, so it was, I do remember that quote now that you say that. Yeah, so it was a reference to the battle. And I don't know, I love the way that, if you remember that from the gathering then awesome if you don't then you know <laughs> yeah it just kind of hangs out yeah. there but um yeah. we, we've seen that straczynski's titles have deeper meaning than just the titles yeah. that they yeah. are yeah and so that that's that's pretty cool that you found that i like that yeah ironically that was just that's in the opening paragraph of the wikipedia article i refused to look at it for about an hour <laughs> and then when i finally did i was like oh there's the answer great <laughs> I kept thinking that Alfred Bester, um, not not the Psychor character, but the writer, had written a book called And the Sky Full of Stars. I kept looking for um, references, and there weren't many. It seems to be something that... Oh, it's The Stars My Destination. Well, okay. <laughs> it seems to be uh, just... like th- The way the Coldplay song uses it is very different. 
It seems to just be yeah, def- so definitely not related to Babylon Five. Uh, yeah, and def- <laughs> but just it, it seems like every time it's been used, and I could find a um, a reference to a phrase like that, it was just poetic. You know, like in the Coldplay song, it just refers to someone who is amazing and like a, a shining light in their life that can do no wrong, and he just refers to that person as a sky full of stars. Interesting. Well, I. I- you know, I, I was just thinking about music and thinking that, you know, I don't think that there are any artists, any, you know, rock artists or any other kind of artists that I, can, that I know of. Maybe filk artists, obviously. But I haven't heard anybody sing a song about Babylon 5. There's got to be a rap song somewhere where someone mentions <laughs> Babylon 5. I'm going to look for it. <laughs> okay. You, you see if you can find it. Uh, I've done, you know, I've done, I do a progressive rock uh, podcast and I, I do show, I've done shows on Star Wars I've done shows on Star Trek and Doctor Who but I don't think I would find enough information to do a Babylon 5 show yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't <laughs> that's sad yeah because it's it's such a epic sort of thing going on yeah yeah uh, real quick just uh just to uh point out uh Jud Judson Scott did you know who that was no so he's considered night one. Okay, he's the guy that's behind the controls. Okay, so basically. so both of those guys, I'm sure I've saw I've seen them in multiple B yeah, movies in the 80s and 90s that I saw with my father. B action movies. Well, Judson mm-hmm. has been in in Star Trek a number of times, mm, yes, but the most memorable one that I have is he was the second in command to Khan Noonien Singh Whoa. in the Wrath of Khan. Huh. Huh. But he's been in several uh, Star Trek episodes as a Klingon, as a gotcha. as a uh, Vulcan. He's been in several positions there. So he, he's uh, he's uh, like a a side actor to tons of things that we've watched. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sure of it. Definitely. I actually think he might have been part of some Saturday morning uh, lineup back in the early '80s, <laughs> but I can't I can't remember. Like maybe he was some kind of not a beast man, but there was there's somebody I see in my head. I yeah, just, I, I guess I need to go look up Judson Scott. But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that we have somebody who has uh, been in multiple science fiction episodes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's all I got. I promise this. Yeah, time. that's all I got too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there, you know, there's a lot here, but I, I think that it's more about this building moment to get to the next moment. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> So I'm I'm looking forward to uh what is the next one? I think the next one is Death Walker. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Death Walker. So uh this one, just as a as a preview, has Robin Curtis in it. Ooh. Robin Curtis was Savick. Mm, got it. At least at one time she was Savick. Gotcha. So that's exciting. Yeah. I love it when I click on her name. It says it takes me to one of those four hundred four error pages. It says I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> they've they've got this thing set up so it has this algorithm so that when you go there, it just gives you snarky lines for the four hundred four. <laughs> Listen, say, save this, your IMDb. The page did a Peter Pan right off this website right here. Save your IMDb search for later. Let's go. <laughs> all right, all right, let's go. All right, thanks this way. We've had have had a good time. Yep. Uh, we will. We'll. I don't know if we'll do it tomorrow night, but we'll we'll figure another time. <laughs> Definitely. We gotta keep moving. Absolutely.